You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, with the train of his garment filling the temple. Seraphim were stationed above. Each of them had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they hovered. One cried out to the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. All the earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an ember which he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth with it. See, he said, now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed, your sin purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, I said. Send me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. All our guardian angels pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great to be back with you, everyone. This is Dr. Donald Wallenfang on the Catholic Fragments Podcast in In this episode, we're going to talk about angels, as you could maybe guess from the opening prayer, a beautiful passage about uh, the prophet Isaiah's vision of angels uh, around the throne of God, worshiping God, saying in Hebrew, Kadosh, 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 holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And for our conversation partner, this time around, I want to go to the angelic doctor St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, taken from his Summa Theologiae, uh, the Prima Pars, the first part, question 113, article 4, with the specific question being asked here, are angels deputed to be guardians of all men? That is, are angels assigned by God to guard every human being, uh, male and female alike? So uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, first of all, lived from 1225 to 1274, uh, was from Italy, became a Dominican friar and priest, and one of the most um, renowned 
theologians in the history of the church. Um, he is the paradigmatic scholastic philosopher. He has studied with another uh, famous philosopher, uh, St. Albert the Great. Uh, and St. Thomas Aquinas to this day is uh, one of the premier models for doing theology in a Catholic way because he exemplifies a consistent thinking toward the whole. St. Thomas Aquinas was so well-versed in, in so many different authors. Uh, he, has, um, in, he engages all these different voices, uh, even ones outside of the Catholic faith. Uh, he, he engages Muslim philosophers, Jewish philosophers, pagan philosophers, and, and he seeks the truth in a grand synthesis. Uh, he's, he's very good at this dialogical way of doing philosophy and theology, the sacra sciencia, the sacred science uh, that he would call it, sacra doctrina, uh, sacred teaching, sacred doctrine. So he's a great source uh, for us to go to to think about angels. And in this podcast, I'm looking at uh, the Catholic teaching that uh, each one of us human beings has a guardian angel assigned to us. And St. Thomas, the way he writes this um, Summa Theologiae and in other works he does this as well, is he begins with objections. He asks a question and he begins with objections uh, to what ultimately he's going to argue. So he's his own devil's advocate, you could say, right from the start. And his own objections to himself always sound so convincing. We're going to see that here. So I'm just going to read through this short article 4 of question 113 in the first part of the Summa Theologiae. Again, the question, are angels deputed to be guardians of all men? So first he starts with this uh, first objection of 3. He writes, it would seem that angels are not deputed to be guardians of all men. So right away, you know, in the end, he's going to argue that, yes, angels are deputed to be guardians of all men. That is, every human being is assigned a guardian angel by God from conception onward. Uh, so he starts by arguing against um, uh, his final points uh, that he will argue later. It would seem that angels are not deputed to be guardians of all men, for it is written of Christ that he is made in the likeness of men and in appearance found as a man. If then angels are deputed to act as guardians for all men, Christ also would have had a guardian angel, at least in the state of innocence. Now this would not be fitting since Christ is greater than all the angels. Therefore, it is not the case that angels are deputed to be guardians for all men. So his first objection has to do with uh, the true humanity of Christ. And he's saying um, by virtue of his uh, uh, moral perfection and that he's God in the flesh, Jesus doesn't need a guardian angel because he's greater than the angel. So that's his first uh, hypothetical argument. Not what he's ultimately going to argue because, because he will answer each of these objections in turn and, and, and counterpoint against them in the end. The second objection he gives is this. Adam was the first man. Now, it was not fitting that he should have a guardian angel, at least in the state of innocence, since he was not then subject to any danger. 
Therefore, angels are not appointed to act as guardians for all men. Uh, so again, the idea of a guardian angel implies that there's danger to be guarded from. And Adam, before the fall, before Genesis chapter 3, and the eating from of the fruit of the uh, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he's saying uh, that Adam would not have needed a guardian angel. Therefore, uh, they're not uh, pointed to all men. So that's his second objection. Third, St. Thomas says, angels are deputed to guard men so that they may take them by the hand and guide them to eternal life, encourage them to live well, and protect them against the demon's attacks. Now men whom it is foreknown will be damned never attain eternal life. Again, unbelievers, though they may sometimes do good works, do not, however, do them well, for they do not act with the right intentions. For as Augustine says, faith directs intention. Further, the coming of Antichrist will be, so it is written, due to Satan's agency. Therefore, the angels are not appointed to guard all men. Uh, so here he's, he's, he's referring to um, eternal life and, and that not all, all people uh, will attain eternal life, at least theoretically. At least it seems that way based on how people live and how people die. Uh, and so um, it seems that there is uh, a, an angelic guardianship lacking when it comes to people um, not living well and, and being under the spell of Satan, so to speak. And so therefore, he says, angels are not appointed to guard all men because all don't seem to live in righteousness. So uh, now he says, on the other hand, said Contra, there is St. Jerome's authority cited above to the effect that each soul has an angel appointed to guard it. So he already had, had cited this earlier in his Summa, uh, but he's calling on the authority of uh, St. Jerome uh, who says each soul does have an angel appointed to guard it. And then we go into, so that's ultimately what he's arguing here. Then we go into St. Thomas's um, reply to his own objections. Man in this present condition of life is, so to speak, on a road along which he must make his way to his homeland. On this road lurk many dangers, both internal and external. Thus, as the psalm puts it, on this road on which I walked, they set up an ambush for me. So, as guides are given to men walking along an unsafe road, guardian angels are also given to each man while he is a wayfarer in this life. However, when he reaches the end of the road, he will no longer have a guardian angel. Instead, he will have an angel reigning with him in the kingdom of heaven, or a demon to punish him in hell. And uh, we can look to Dante's um, Divine Comedy, especially the first part of the Inferno, and all his descriptions of all the tortures that uh, go on uh, in hell uh, by, by different uh, demons appointed uh, to give people their just desserts. Uh, so uh, then Thomas St. Thomas goes to... Uh, counter his three original objections. So, so far we have him saying, yes, God appoints a guardian angel for every human being. 
Now, in um, response to that first objection, he says, Christ as man was guided directly by the word of God and thus did not need the guidance of angels. Again, with respect to his soul, he was already in possession of his goal. Though with respect to his body, which is subject to change, he was a wayfarer, like us. In this latter respect, it was right that he should have not a guardian angel superior to him, but a ministering angel inferior to him. So Matthew says in his gospel, angels came and ministered to him. So Satan was kind of qualifying with Jesus. Maybe you wouldn't call the angel exactly a guardian angel because um, de jure, uh, by virtue of the fact that he is God, he, he's not capable of sinning. Uh, but still that angels minister, minister to him were appointed to Christ uh, signifies he's, that Jesus in his human nature is included uh, to have angels ministering to him. Uh, in effect, guarding him in a sense. The second uh, objection then St. Thomas deals with responds to it by saying this uh, concerning Adam in the state of innocence. In the state of innocence, man was not subject to any internal dangers since everything was in order within him, as noted uh, previously in the Summa. As events proved, external danger threatened because of the traps of the demons. For this reason, he needed a guardian angel. Uh, so St. Thomas is reasoning that uh, the, the fall of the angels happened before the fall of Adam and Eve. And so even when Adam and Eve were in a state of original innocence, they still had guardian angels appointed to them uh, to try to guard them from the snares of, of Satan and the demons who eventually did win them over. As we read through Genesis chapter 3 and, and in came original sin. Uh, but because the demons were lurking, uh, even in a state of innocence, there were guardian angels there. Number three, replying to his third objection, St. Thomas writes, Just as the predestined damned, the unbelievers and even Antichrist, are not deprived of the internal help of natural reason, neither are they deprived of the external help that God grants to the whole of mankind's namely the angelic guardianship. Even if they are not aided to merit eternal life by their good works, they are nevertheless aided by being safeguarded from certain evils which could harm both themselves and others. Even the demons are safeguarded by good angels. Wow. So that they do not do as much harm as they would like to. Similarly, Antichrist will not be able to do as much harm as he would like to. Wow, so St. Thomas Aquinas, a brilliant thinker. And even though uh, a lot of, of these theological points are rather speculative, uh, doing the best according to this unity of faith and reason to think about these things, it's, he still seems to communicate much truth about what is the case in uh, this metaphysical realm of being. So it's a real joy to... Uh, think together about the mystery of angels. As the church teaches pure, uh, finite, uh, spiritual, personal beings. Uh, so we in our human nature have material bodies and spiritual souls, 
But the church teaches that angels do not have uh, anything like a material body. Uh, but they are individuated, pure, personal, spiritual beings. And within the tradition of the church, uh, especially going back to um, Pope uh, Gregory the Great and um, Dionysius the Areopagite in the 6th century, uh, there's much discussion about different orders of angels, um, such as principalities and powers and thrones and dominions, angels, archangels, seraphim, cherubim, uh, and uh, all these various types of angels. Um, even uh, St. Edith Stein, when she uh, follows the lead of St. Thomas Aquinas, talks about each angel being its own unique species which is tremendous to think about. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm getting chills just thinking about this here, talking about it, because with our human nature, we all share the human species. We're all part of the human species. All of us, billions of human beings, uh, are all part of the same species. But to think that each angel created by God is its own species is just, Amazing. There's much more we could say about this. Um, I, I did write a bit about angels uh, in, in a book I, I published back in uh, 2017 or so called uh, Human and Divine Being, a study on the theological anthropology of Edith Stein. Uh, and especially in chapter two, entitled Spiritual Being, I tried to synthesize a lot of these um, truths about angels and, and also a little book I wrote called Metaphysics um, tried to talk about some of these things. So I've, I've thought a lot about angels and I love to continue to think about them because often we don't think enough about angels, especially our guardian angels that are right there uh, accompany, accompanying us in this life as we follow Christ. We seek to follow him more faithfully. Uh, so just to conclude, um, where does this word angel come from? From the Greek, angelos, that means messenger, and also the Hebrew, malach, that uh, also means messenger, divine messenger. And, and that's exactly the role of an angel. They mediate the will of God throughout creation. Uh, they're really um, the, the first tier of creatures made by God to mediate divine providence throughout the rest of the created universe. Angels are created to serve. Uh, again, they accompany us on this perilous way of discipleship in, in this world where there are many temptations, many snares, and uh, they prevent us from falling into uh, the hunter's snare. So um, there are fallen angels called demons, uh, but there are also angels that have stayed faithful to God and did not um, decide against God. And these are the, uh, among them the guardian angels for us. And uh, uh, the church has a feast of the guardian angels every year in the Roman Rite, October 2nd. Uh, so um, the church encourages us to pray to our guardian angels and um, ask for their intercession, for their help. And, and I hope that this podcast encourages us all to do that. So I will end with a prayer within the tradition of the church um, to one's guardian angel. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love 
commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, to guide. Amen. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness.